This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. I'm Chris Charisma for the Rapcast, brought to you by At Raptors Republic. And we're going one-on-one with Stephen Lung, NBA editor for Sportsnet. We're only 11 sleeps away from not only Raptors preseason action, but also from finally seeing the guys play on on their home court in the confines of the Scotiabank Arena. Stephen, how are you doing? And how excited are you to finally see these guys play in person this year um i'm doing good uh thank you for having me and yeah let's uh this will be a very very different raptors team and i i guess the thing i'm excited the most about the team this year would be like years past you know you, you kind of you knew what the core was you knew what the team could do and what it was capable of this team yeah like a lot of the you know a lot of the pieces are are obviously the same you know like the core segments of the uh, of the team are the exact same but there's just so much up in the air. Like this, this team could, this team could be really, really good. It could be really, really bad. Uh, just like, I don't think anyone has a good understanding, good feel of like what this Raptors team could actually be and what they could actually do. Yeah. There's again, so many different directions this team can go. There's so many different directions we can go on this show here, but since we're talking about the the team finally coming back to Toronto, we can erase that Tampa season from our memory. Uh, let's let's stay on topic and talk about home. Toronto finished with 27 wins last year in Tampa. It was a shortened 72 game season, mind you. This year, Vegas has Toronto's over under for win totals at 36 and a half. Do you think Toronto finishes over 36 and a half? And more importantly. What kind of impact does playing in Toronto have on that? So to answer the, the first question, I, if you're if you're a betting man, I would take the over. Uh, nice. Like I I see this team, it, it wouldn't be that much over, but but I see this team as something like like a thirty nine to to forty one win win team. You know, like like a squad that's gonna probably compete for like one of those playing spots may, may maybe squeak in for for like uh like a six or seven c but i i see this team kind of fighting for for one of those four playing spots that that i thought was a really good idea it was really exciting last last season um i think playing at home will certainly help them uh mainly because they were they were better than their than their record showed i think last mm-hmm. season as opposed to like obviously at the end of the season when they were very clearly, you know, playing for ping pong balls. Right. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a lot of opportunities that they just kind of squander, you know, like late game execution. And maybe it was because of Amelie arena, like unfamiliar surroundings. Maybe it's because they had, you know, like their quote unquote home crowd purposely, <laughs> you know, rooting against them. Right. So I, I figured that like, they'll probably pick up a few more wins in like kind of late game situations if they're playing at home, because obviously the Raptors crowd, you know, the Raptors fan base is rabid 
and they are 100% behind the team. They want, they only want to see the Raptors win, which is obviously the exact opposite of what they experienced all of last season. So I think that will certainly help them. But like, just in terms of where they are from a talent standpoint, I think they're they're better than like I, I think they can get 37 wins, mm-hmm. right? If the over under is at 36 and a half, I think I think you should take the over there. I, I think they're better than that. Yeah, Vegas for some reason has always kind of for the most part underestimated the Raptors. The last time Toronto finished with less than 37 wins, which is what Vegas is predicting this year, uh in a full 82 game season, the last time was during the 2012-2013 campaign. During that season, the Raptors had a core of DeMar, let me take you back here Stephen, DeMar DeRozan, Rudy Gay, Andrea Bargnani, Calderon Lowry. That team finished with 34 wins and zero stat sheets were allowed in the locker first year room. First Lowry, I believe, yeah. right? The, 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 very, the very first Lowry season, I believe, and he's wearing number three. Yes. <laughs> That's a vintage classic jersey. Number I three, Kyle Lowry. Nice. Nice. Speaking of the number three, right? The Raptors kind of have their own core three, big three here, quote unquote. Um, obviously the most important variables when we talk about the team's success this season kind of hinges on three players, in my opinion, right? We've got the number one, we've got the continued evolution of OG and Anobi. Um, number two, we have how comfortable Fred will kind of step into that lead guard position with Kyle Lowry departing for Miami. And then last but not least, Number three, whether or not Pascal can kind of return to that elite form that we saw during the championship run. Steven, as a fan, for me, all of these storylines are are fascinating. But in your opinion, which one of those three narratives are, are you most eager to kind of see unfold and why? So I think the biggest storyline heading into training camp, because he kind of made it that way. It was, is Pascal, you know, like uh, he had the, the exclusive with, with the New York times mm-hmm. where he obviously said that like, he didn't felt he didn't feel like he was being treated like the man because Kyle was there. Well, guess what? Kyle was no longer here. Right. So you are the man. And like, I kind of disagree with what he was saying because I think he was given a lot of opportunity to be the man, you know, like, like uh, even getting back to uh, when the extension kicked in, right? Like uh, you think back, to before, like like the pre-bubble Pascal and, and that uh, and that season, right? He was awesome, right? Like he was legitimately an all-star, legitimately an all-NBA kind of player, and he was given a lot of opportunity. And it just so happened that last season, that same opportunity that he was given, he just kind of faltered, right? That happens. I think Pascal will be all right. Like I think he's a very, very good offensive player, you know, Mm -hmm. like uh, whether or not he has much more on his ceiling, I think is a whole other question altogether, but I I think he's an all-star caliber player. And I think that's, that's good enough. I think the thing to really put the Raptors over the top, you mentioned, you know, of this core three would probably be OG, right? We know OG is like an all NBA caliber defender, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, But What's frustrating about him is that, like, you see the evolution with his offensive game. You know, you see the handle; it's improved every year. The shots kind of, the shots kind of come and gone. But it's always been in little flashes. You know, like it's, it just hasn't put it together. And I think, in order for the Raptors' ceiling to raise, like, I think he's still only 22, right? OG Ananobi has to kind of take a bit of a star turn. Uh, and we just don't know yet. I mean, like, if you can speculate, it looks like he could be a star, but, but like, you just 
I just want to see if he can actually become a star, right? Which is to say, with that much more offensive responsibility, that much more leadership responsibility as well, right? He's, he'll be one of the senior voices in the locker room now. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> just like, what is, how will he respond to that? You know, he's this quiet, soft-spoken guy, you know, a la a Kawhi Leonard. But does he have a game like Kawhi Leonard to justify right. that, right? And we, I mean, like you can speculate and have fun all you want, like like oh he's he is kind of like Kawhi, but you know like Kawhi Leonard is a top five NBA player. I don't think OG Ananobi is quite like that, but he could become you know like a very. I, I think he he could end up being the Raptors' most important player because of what he does defensively, which you know. And then I think uh, one of the issues with this Raptors team is I think they may struggle to score. The, like right now it looks like Pascal Siakam and maybe uh, like uh, Gary Trent Jr. are your most reliable scoring options, you know, from the wing. OG Ananobi, if he can, you know, be like a 19, 20 point per game uh, scorer, or, you know, like maybe shoot 45% from the field and mm-hmm. like 38% from three, I think that would help them tremendously, right? For sure. Uh, again, elite two-way play a la Kawhi Leonard is the dream scenario for Raptors Nation. And, and certainly he's going to get every opportunity to get those in-game reps. And like you had mentioned, kind of show whether or not he can do it. There's only, there's a, a vacuum of opportunities that is now kind of be dispersed amongst the team. And, and Freddie and Pascal, they can only take so many more shot attempts. So OG, again, going to be uh, thrusted in, into the spotlight this is the Rapcast brought to you by at Raptors Republic. We've got Stephen Lung, NBA editor for Sportsnet. Actually, actually speaking of Sportsnet, uh, I was reading a little bit earlier, the Raptors released the official 2021-2022 broadcast schedule. Obviously, yeah. Sportsnet carrying 41 regular season games, one of them being the return of Kyle Lowry to Toronto on February 3rd. That's going to be an amazing game. But also something that's kind of making the, the, its waves on, on socials is the announcement of Raptors legend Alvin Williams. He's going to be joining the Sportsnet crew as color commentator. Obviously, Leo Routens has been such a staple of the broadcast in past years, and, and he's a, a big part of the history of Canada basketball. But just talk a little bit about how cool it is to have Alvin join the crew. Yeah, uh, I mean, Alvin's a great. Alvin's a great guy. Uh, he's been doing kind of like desk work for the, the last few years, so it just feels kind of like a natural fit. You know, like he's always a, a pretty good analyst. Mm-hmm. So like, this just feels like a natural evolution and like where he's going with his broadcast career, right? To step into the booth and uh, and commentate on what he's seeing live, as opposed to you know like the the five minute hits that that he'll get just kind of. Uh, being being in the, in the studio essentially yeah it'll, it'll be exciting to kind of see and hear and you've also got amy audibert courtside to complete that Sportsnet tv broadcast crew but i'm i'm pumped i'll always be thankful to alvin for putting away the knicks in the playoffs giving <laughs> up giving up his body on a nightly basis for us when maybe it wasn't right that for shot him. of alvin that, that, yeah. that, that shot of alvin's that that was that was probably the, the biggest shot in raptors history for a very very long time at least until like you know like some shots that kyle hit uh, or you know like 
probably like a 20 year run that, that he had the biggest shot in franchise history for until, sure until, right? until the until the claw and then the Kawhi that, shot right that the, the the fist punch through the air from alvin putting away the knicks uh in msgs is a classic um that's why i drafted him in the raptors republic all-time raptors redraft if you guys haven't checked that out make sure you do so on youtube after you're done with this show and this chat um moving along because of the We'll call it a whirlwind of a season in Tampa. Uh, several Raptors like Utah, uh, Malachi Flynn, Gillespie, they're going to be making their debut in front of the Toronto home crowd. Another player who will also be making their debut and has completely enamored himself with the fan base already through socials is Gary Trent Jr. Um, we, last year we saw, we saw an almost elite ability to create his own shot. And at times when he flashed this, it, it almost seemed like it was the best on the team. He has that cold and hot streak that kind of goes with his game. But at the age of 22, obviously Masai and Bobby Webster are banking on that untapped potential. Steven, what would you like to see more out of Gary Trent Jr. in his first full season as a Raptor, especially now that he has secured his contract and he can just focus on developing his game? Yeah, um, I think... I think Trent will be very important because, uh, like I said, I think this team kind of lacks a little bit of scoring punch, right? And mm-hmm. I, I think Trent's one of the is one of the guys who can actually make his own shot and and get a bucket for them. So uh, I, I know it's kind of weird because they they traded him away, but I, I see Gary Trent as uh, like a Norman Powell kind of kind of dude for for this Raptors team, you know, like a young Powell, right? Where he'll probably be like a bench gunner, and uh, and I think. They absolutely need a guy, need a guy like that, right? You know, like as mm-hmm. you look down at their bench, like I don't think, I don't think Utah, like like Utah's talented. He's not going to go out there and be like a microwave, right? Right. And I think that's what Gary Trent's role on the team could possibly be. Um, and you mentioned like his big shot making ability. Uh, I think that's very key. Again, that is very you know like Norman Powell like. So. Uh, the one thing with with Trent is that like when he first came over, I didn't know how good of a defender he was, and I I right. like that aspect of his game. And he's so to me, he seems to be already ahead of Norm in that regard uh, as a defender. And if I don't think I'm not sure if he can become as good of an offensive player as, as Norm has turned into, but I think he can be. He can fill that kind of role. At, that they need, right? Like they need someone who can knock down threes when, when they're open, someone who can attack the basket. And more importantly, someone when the shot clock's winding down, you give him the ball, he can go out and create his own shot. Because uh, right now it's, it's really just like Pascal, maybe Fred and Gary and Gary Trent Jr. Mm-hmm. I think on the team who can do that and you can feel comfortable with it. For sure. And again, it's, it's that, it's funny you bring up Norm. It's, it's this Norman Gary conundrum. Um, But again, banking on that untapped potential, that elite shot making flashes. Uh, We'd love to kind of see him attack the rim a little bit more, but a career high in points for Gary last season, Steven, he saw a dip in efficiency from the field, but He'll be one of many things, narrative slash storylines to keep an eye yeah, on as like, the Raptors come back. And you mentioned the efficiency. I just think like with more opportunity that he's, I think he's gonna get a lot of opportunity with with this Raptors team. So I don't think he's going to be, you know, like a like a lights out, super efficient guy. Mm-hmm. But but uh, I I I think he'll be a bit, a bit of a volume shooter, which could frustrate people, you know, understandably. 
right? But I just think you got to give him the ball and, right. and see what he can do. Of course. Yeah, man. Again, super excited to kind of see how that plays out. Um, we've gotten to the point of the show where we'll kind of switch the gears up a little bit all season long throughout this year, throughout the campaign, whenever we bring guests on Steven, I'm going to run a segment called, can you settle this for us? Basically I'm going to be bringing up topics that, you know, buddies of mine are debating. These are the same questions, things I know our listeners are are arguing about and debating about fiercely in their own group chats on social <laughs> feeds by the water cooler. So where you come in, Stephen, as someone who professionally covers the team, you're going to help steer us in the right direction. Okay. So first one, Goran Dragic didn't have, we'll say the smoothest debut on social media as a Toronto Raptor. Didn't really do himself any favors early on, but as far as we know, he's going to be playing for Toronto, at least to begin the season. You saw him hanging out with Scotty, Sam Decker, I think Gillespie on the streets of Toronto that one night. It's not a secret that he wants to play with Luca or perhaps another contender. So here's where we're at with this. Some Raptors fans think we should just wait out the process and wait for the right trade. While others think we should kind of cut ties a little bit sooner to avoid a distraction or maybe open up some playing time for others. Where do you stand on this, Steven? Can you settle this for us? I think absolutely the right call is to, to wait uh, and build up his trade value for the trade deadline. Uh, I mean, to me, that is the asset. That's the reason why they got him. I mean, like, the reason why they made that trade was to get Precious Achua, mm -hmm. first of all, right? But uh, getting Dragic, you know, like I, I mentioned how this team may not be the absolute most talented, you know, like, like with his contract, you could potentially in the trade market go out and get something that's, you know, a little, you know, like that's much more of an upgrade, essentially, right? And so in order to do that, he has to play, right? Mm -hmm. So they have to play him. And uh, he's, a, he's a pro. You know, like, like there's there's never any issues with his professionalism, whether or not he's going to give give it at all. He will. Right. And mm -hmm. so that's to the benefit. Of, and I think that's also doubly to the benefit of some of the young Raptors on the team. Like I think of like a Malachi Flynn. Mm -hmm. Right. Who was being mentored by Fred and Kyle. Now he can be mentored by by Fred and Goran Dragic. So I think I think in, in total, like I don't think Dragic's tenure is going to be very long in Toronto. But I think he still has to play, and they should look to keep him at least until the trade deadline. And then at the trade, like when the trade deadline approaches, then you guys start thinking about like what can we get for this asset? Because that, that's to me, that's all he is. He is just a he's just a trade chip to use. Yeah, and he should be a valuable asset or trade chip during the deadline as these contenders start to kind of reveal themselves. Uh, and separate themselves from the rest of the pack. We've got Stephen Lung, NBA editor for Sportsnet. He's playing Can You Settle This for Us at Raptors Republic on the Rapcast. Let's do one more, Stephen. Mr. Ben Simmons. He's informed, <laughs> he's informed the basketball world uh, that he's basically provided his pink slip to the Philadelphia 76ers. As of the last time we've checked, Toronto actually has the fifth best odds to land the disgruntled number one pick. Obviously a lot of that has to do with what happened with Kawhi Leonard and what we were able to kind of pull off and, and, and parlay that into a championship. I was talking to a buddy of mine, John Mofford, and he like other fans wonder if bringing on Ben Simmons would take this team's positionless basketball approach to the next level 
while other fans just want nothing to do with another unhappy star with their eyes clearly settled on the state of California. Steven, what are your thoughts and can you settle this for us? So Ben Simmons, first of all, is not Kawhi Leonard, right? Right. So like, like, let's make that clear, right? He's, and uh, I would, if I'm the Raptors, I, I mean, you have to, if the phone call is ringing, if the phone's ringing and, uh, and Daryl Morey's on the, on the other line, mm-hmm. you have to pick it up and, you know, you have to talk through it and negotiate. But I ultimately wouldn't do it unless the offer is just like mind-blowingly incredible, right? Uh, like people talk about flipping Pascal Siakam for Ben Simmons. That is insane to me because <laughs> Ben Simmons does not provide the Raptors anything that they don't already have, right? He... Like uh, he's talking, you're talking about a multi-positional, you know, great defender. The Raptors have a lot of those guys, right? right. But Ben Simmons cannot shoot, and the Raptors, I think, have a problem with guys who are, you know, like six eight, six nine, long, athletic, multi-positional, and can't shoot. So why would you want to add another guy like that, right? Uh, and why would you trade Pascal Siakam, you know, for right. a guy like that? If you're gonna make a d- deal for Ben Simmons, you, you have to have Pascal Siakam still on your team, you know, so if Simmons has someone to pass the ball to, right? Like his best attribute is as a pa- is as a distributor, a playmaker. But I just I just don't see I just don't see a fit with with Ben Simmons on the Raptors as as they're currently constructed. Like Ben Simmons will not kind of put them over the top to instantly become a top tier championship contender the way Kawhi Leonard did w- with them. You know, like the Raptors at that time were already an incredibly good team. You know, like like they they were the top of the Eastern Conference standings every single season during that right. time. And Kawhi Leonard, you know, was just like the like like the, the boost of adrenaline that they needed to put him over the top. Ben Simmons is not that guy, so why would you make the deal? Great points. I appreciate you, Steven, for helping me pilot that segment and settling those issues and topics for us here on the Rapcast. Before we let you go, I just want to talk about maybe one more thing, that being the start of Raptors training camp. We saw you tweet out the 20-man roster a couple of days ago. So headed into the camp, uh, the Raptors finally have their, their 20 guys, the most recent finalized additions being Svi Mikhailuk and Reggie Perry. In what should be a really tight battle for some of those last spots, what are some names that Raptors fans should look out for, whether it's mid-tier battles um, or on the back end, regardless if these players end up making the team or playing for the 905? I just think uh, like the wing rotation is going to be very interesting. It's very cluttered, obviously. Yes. You know, uh, like, And those are just like, they have just have a bunch of guys who are basically all the exact same dimensions. So where exactly do they fit? So to me, it'll be interesting to see how they distribute up, you know, like who plays the quote unquote three, four, right. You know, like, uh, like where is Justin Champagne going to, going to fit in, you know, like does, is that competition for Chris Boucher, you know, right. like, like Freddie, Freddie Gillespie, uh, obviously at with, with center as well, uh, with, with Ishmael Wainwright, there's just, it's just very, very cluttered. And I don't have a read right now who Nurse actually likes, uh, and that'll present itself during during training camp. You know, like it's just 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 like a lot of up, a lot of up in the air. Like I think we know the players who are going to be on the roster. Mm-hmm. And so like like the back end could be very very muddled, and unfortunately, I I 
I can't really answer your question. I have zero read on who's actually going to be there. All right, fa fair enough. We'll get back to you on it, though. Uh, but totally understandable uh, and fair answer. But Stephen, that just about does it here for us. I, I appreciate you coming on to the show. Yeah, no problem, man. Yeah, we're hoping to have you on again, perhaps throughout the season for some of these quick hitters. Uh, Raptors fans, keep it locked in here with us at the Rapcast, at the Raptors Republic for Raps content all season long. If you haven't already, make sure you're following at Raptors Republic on all socials. So that's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. If you vibed with the show, leave a like, subscribe on a platform of your choice, whether that's YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. On behalf of Sportsnet NBA editor Stephen Lung, I'm Chris Charisma, and this was the Rapcast by at Raptors Republic. Thanks for hanging out, and we'll talk to you guys again next time.